All right. We really don't know who compiled the book of Psalms, but scholars have told us, some scholars have told us that the probability is Ezra. And Ezra uh, was a very, he was a scribe and he was a priest. And he came on the scene after um, the children of Israel had been in Babylon for the 70 years and on the way back to Jerusalem. He was one of the ones that went there a couple of times. And in chapter 7 of the book of Ezra, uh, he said, This Ezra went from Babylon, and he was a scribe skilled in the law of Moses, which the Lord God of Israel had given And the king granted him all his requests because the hand of God was upon him. For Ezra had set his heart to study the law of the Lord and to practice it and to teach his statutes and ordinances in Israel. You, Ezra, according to the wisdom of your God, which you which is in your hand, appointed magistrates and judges that they may judge all the people who are in the providence beyond the the river, even all those who know the law of your God, that you may teach anyone who is ignorant of them. So Ezra, the the scribe and the priest, um, had a love for the law. Now, the law we know is the first five books of the Bible, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. It's also called, and I lost my thing. Yeah. I'm getting fresh. Let me grab it from you here. It's also known as the law, but it's also known as the books of history. Thank you. So history, and last Sunday when we looked at Psalms 136, we, we saw that in a responsive reading type thing, they went through the things, and I mentioned to you then that, that it was the high watermarks that, that the Jews, and they don't want you to forget it, and, and that's part of the show. So we have here today in Psalms 33 some of the same thing. He's bringing back to memory things that they should know and that they should understand and they should, as Ezra of old did, teach them, teach them to the people that might be ignorant of what it said. So let's begin. It's I'll break it up in about four different um four different um, sections here, Um, but let's begin. Verse 1, sing for the joy in the Lord, O you righteous ones. Praise is becoming to the upright. Give thanks to the Lord with a lyre. Sing praises to him with a harp of ten strings. Sing to him a new song. Play skillfully with a shout of joy. For the word of the Lord is upright, and all his work is done in faithfulness. 
He loves righteousness and justice. The earth is full of the loving kindness of the Lord. This is not ascribed to, to, to David, um, and yet it's, it's very much like we have seen before, the praise unto the Lord. One of the hymns that uh, we, we used to sing, and I suppose we'd still do sometimes, you know, <clears throat> count your many blessings. If you can go through and not think of God's blessings on your life, you need to check up. Because God has been so gracious and so good and so faithful to us. And we'll say more about that in just a minute. But we praise him for who he is. And we've talked about creation. And we, we talk about all of this thing. And how do we praise him? We can praise him in a lot of ways. But the psalm, the psalms that we have, we said is Israel's hymn book. And so they sing. Sing praises to him with a, <clears throat> a harp of ten strings. Sing him a new song and play skillfully with a shout of joy. For the word of the Lord is upright and all his works done in faithfulness. He loves righteousness and, judge, and justice. The earth is full of the loving kindness of the Lord. I'm not going to ask you to tell me what loving kindness meant, but we talked about it. But it's God's goodness to us, unfailing goodness to us. And so the first five verses, he's just simply saying, we praise the, the Lord. Praise the creator of all things. Verse 6 <clears throat> through verse 12. By the word of the Lord, the heavens were made. By the breath of his mouth, all their host. He gathers the water of the sea together as a heap. He lays upon, excuse me, he lays up the deeps in the storehouses. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. For he spoke. And it was done. He commanded. It stood fast. The Lord's nullifies the counsel of the nations. He frustrates the plans of the people. The counsel of the Lord stands forever. The plans of his heart from generation to generation. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. The people whom he has chosen for his own inheritance. Hold your finger there and turn to the very first chapter of Genesis. Very first chapter of Genesis. You know this, but I, I just want to reiterate it. <clears throat> Verse 9 in Psalm 33 said, for he spoke and it was done. Okay. Genesis 1, verse 3. Then God said, let there be light. Verse 6. Then God said, let there be expanse in the midst of the waters and let it separate the waters from the waters. 
Verse 9, Then God said, Let the waters below and the heavens be gathered into one place. Verse 14, Then God said, Let there be lights in the expanse of heaven separate the day from the night. Verse 20, Then God said, Let the waters teem with swarming living creatures. Verse 24, Then God said, let the earth bring forth living creatures. Verse 26, Then God said, Let us make man in our image. God literally spoke the world in existence. Didn't, it wasn't magic. It didn't have to do any particular thing. God said it, and it was done. God said Go to Isaiah. That's the first one on your, li on your little page there. Isaiah 40. Uh, go, go to the right in uh, Isaiah 40. This is, again, Scripture that we've talked about time and time again. Isaiah 40, beginning with verse 21. Do you not know? Have you not heard? Has it not been declared to you from the beginnings? Have you not understood from the foundation of the earth? It is he who sits above the circle of the earth, and its inhabitants are like grasshoppers who stretch out the heavens like a curtain and spreads them out like a tent to dwell in. It is he who reduces rulers to nothing, who make the judges of the earth meaningless, Scarcely have they been planted, scarcely have they been sown, scarcely has their stock, stock taken root in the earth, but it merely blows on them and they wither. The storm carries them away like stubble. To whom then will you liken me, that I would be his equal, says the Holy One? Lift up your eyes on high and see who created the stars. The one who leads forth their host by number. He calls them by name because of the greatness of his might and the strength of the power, and not one of them is missing. Isaiah, he puts it straight where it is. We're insignificant, the nations are insignificant, and he controls everything. Over a few verses to uh, chapter, uh, excuse me, yeah, chapters to um, Isaiah 42, begin with verse 5. Thus says God the Lord, who created the heaven and stretched them out, who spread out the earth and its offspring, who gives breath to the people on it and spirit to those who walk in it. I am the Lord. I have called you in righteousness. I will watch over you by the hand and watch over you. I will appoint you as a covenant to the people, as a light to the nations, to open blind eyes, to bring out prisoners from the dungeon, to those who dwell in darkness from the prison. Over a few more chapters, chapter 45. Look at several verses there, 5 through 7 to begin with. 
I am the Lord and there is none other. Besides me, there is no God. I will gird you. Through you have not known me, though you have not known me, that men may know from the rising to the setting of the sun, there is no one besides me. I am the Lord and there is no other. The one forming light and create darkness, causing well-being and creating calamity, I am the Lord who does all these. Verse 18, For thus says the Lord who created the heavens, He is the God who formed the earth and made it. He established it and did not create it a waste place, but formed it to be inhabited. I am the Lord, and there is no other. Verses 22, Turn to me and be saved, all the ends of the earth. For I am the Lord, and there is no other. I have sworn by myself. The word has gone forth from my mouth in righteousness and will not turn back, that to me every knee will bow and every tongue will swear allegiance. We've said that all we know about the Christian life is in this book. We've also said that God said it one time, and that makes it true. Well, when he comes back and he says, I am God and there's no other, and he's repeated it in just these few verses that we've written, we've read five or six times. He means it. <laughs> I am God and there is no other. And we live in a lot, in a land that there is no absolute truth, but there is truth. And the absolute truth is what you're holding in your hand there, as we know in Scripture. Okay, back to, to Psalms 33, and let's go back and read these verses that we've just looked at. By the word of the Lord, the heavens were made. Okay, we've just, we've just read that. Uh, they were made. And by the breath of his mouth all their host and we 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 saw that the little the little uh, <clears throat> video that we saw about the stars where these these guys were were smart people who had studied it and they saw it and and he goes back to uh, the creation of the fourth day and he says he created the moon and stars he created the moon and the sun and by the way, he created the stars, and they're, they're what they were and how magnificent that is. Verse 7, he says, he, he gathered the waters of the sea together in a heap, and he lays in the depths of storehouses. I didn't read that scripture, but if we go back to Job, like we have done many times, Job says, you know, when God is telling him, were you where I stored up the snow and where I stored up the hail? He said, he said what about all this? Verse 8, let the, the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. For he spoke and it was done, as we just read. He commanded and it stood fast. 
the Lord nullifies the counsel of the nations. He frustrates the plans of the people. The counsel of the Lord stands forever. The plans of his heart from generation to generation. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. The people whom he had chosen for his inheritance. He was speaking this because Israel, and yet we know it's true today. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. We're going to expand on that in this, these next few verses. Let's look at verses 13 through 17. The Lord looks from heaven. He sees all the sons of men. From his dwelling place, he looks out on all the inhabitants of the earth. He who fashions the heart of them all, he who understands all their works. The king is not saved by a mighty army. The warrior is not delivered by great strength. The horse is a false hope for victory, nor does it deliver anyone by its great strength. Now, we're going to Chronicles. You see the little the little paper we got here that's back to your to your left uh, 2nd Chronicles is beginning in chapter 14 we have said that 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 Ezra knew history and and for us to know history is not a bad thing Contrary to some of the things we see today, where where history is kind of ignored or thrown away or statues taken down or whatever it is, to understand where you came from is not a bad thing. And in this particular case, the psalmist is wanting you to understand what's going on. So... We have a king here, Asa, uh, in chapter 14. And let's look at verses 2 through 15. Now, there's probably going to be some names in here I can't pronounce, but you just forgive me. So Abijah slept with the fathers, and they buried him in the city of David. This is chapter 1, I mean verse 1 of 14. And his son Asa became king in his place. The land was undisturbed for ten years during, during his days. Asa did good in the right in the sight of the Lord his God, and he removed the foreign altars, <clears throat> high places tore down, the sacred pillars cut down, and the ashram, and commanded Judah to seek the Lord for their gods and to observe the law and the commandments. He also removed the high places and the incense altars from all the cities of Judah, and his kingdom was undisturbed under him. He built 45 cities in, in, in Judah since the land was undisturbed and there was no one at war with him during those days because the Lord had given him rest. For he said to Judah, let us build these cities and surround them with walls and towers and gates and bars. The land is still ours because we have sought the Lord our God. 
We have sought him, so he has given us rest on every side, and they built and prospered. Now Asa had an army of 300,000, and from Judah, bearing large shields and spears, 280,000 from Benjamin, bearing shields and wielding bows, all of them valiant warriors. Now the Ethiopian came against them with an army of a million, a million, an army of a million and 300 chariots, and he came to meet him. Verse 10. So Asa went out to meet him, and they drew up in battle formation in the valley. Verse 11. Then Asa called upon the Lord his God and said, Lord, there is no one besides you to help in the battle between the powerful and those who have no strength. So help us, O Lord our God. For we trust in you, and in your name you have come against this multitude. O Lord, you are our God. Let not man prevail against you. So the Lord routed the Ethiopians before Asa and all Judah and the Ethiopians fled. And Asa and the people who were with him pursued them as far as Gerard. And so many Ethiopians fell that they could not recover, for they were scattered before the Lord and before his army. And they carried away much plunder. They destroyed all the cities around Gerar, and the dread of the Lord had fallen upon them. And he despoiled all the cities, for there were much plunder in them. They also struck down those who owned livestock and carried away large numbers of sheep and camels, and they returned to Jerusalem. So Asa had a, a army of 580,000, and Ethiopian came with him with a million men and 300 chariots. And Asa said, I can't do it, Lord. I can't do it. And yet God did, and they went back home with much plunder. Now look at look at uh, chapter fifteen, and just look at one verse there. Um, verse nineteen. And there was no more war until the thirty-fifth reign of Isaiah of Asa's reign. Excuse me. Um, now, First Kings tells us that he was king for 41 years. So here for 35 years, there was no, no war at all. If you read the Old Testament at all, <laughs> they had war. One war after another war after another war. But in this particular case, Asa did what was right in the sight of God, his Lord. Now look at uh, verse chapter 16. In the 36th year of Asa's reign, Bashan the king of Israel came up against Judah and fortified Ramah in order to prevent anyone from going out or coming in to Asa king of Judah. Then Asa brought out all the silver and the gold from the treasures of the house of the Lord and the king's house and sent it to Benadhad, king of Aram, who lived in Damascus, saying, Let there be a treaty between you and me, as between my father and your father. Behold, I have sent you silver and gold. 
Go break your treaty with Bashan king of Israel so that he will withdraw from me. Uh, <clears throat> so Benadad listened to Asa and sent the commanders of the army against the cities of Israel and they conquered him, uh, Dan, and so forth and so on. Now look at verses uh, 7 through 9. <clears throat> at that time, the seer, now the seer is always in Scripture the prophet or the preacher or the spiritual leader. So the seer came to Asa, king of Judah, and said to him, Because you have relied on the king of Aram and not relied on the Lord your God, therefore the army of the king of Aram has escaped out of your hand. Were not the Ethiopians as immense army and very myriad char chariots and horsemen? Yet because you relied on the Lord, he delivered them into your hand. For the eyes of the Lord moved to and fro through the earth, and he strongly supported those whose heart is completely his. You have acted foolishly indeed. From now on you will surely have wars. He believed God. He trusted in God. He asked for his deliverance. And God did. A million men against him. Now he comes to this. And he forgot, I suppose, what had happened. Because he went to another king and says, I need your help. And the prophet came to him and shook his finger in his face. He said, what happened? Why did you forget? Is there a lesson for us? Is there a lesson for us when we, we forget who the God of heaven is and who's the author of everything? What the writer in, in, in uh, uh, Psalms, let's go back there, is telling us <clears throat> that the, the, the Lord nullifies the counsel of the, of the nation. And blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. He'll fight our battles for us. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. Verse 18. Behold, the eyes of the Lord is on those who fear him. For those who hope for his loving kindness to deliver their soul from death and to keep them alive in famine. Our soul waits for the Lord, for he is our help and our shield, for our heart rejoices in him because we trust in his holy name. Let your loving kindness, O Lord, be upon us according as we have hope in you. 
Behold, the eyes of the Lord are on those who fear him. Fear him. I've got one more scripture there, Psalms 147. Let's go there. Verses 10. He does not delight in the strength of the horse. He does not take pleasure in the legs of man. The Lord favors those who fear him, those who wait for his loving kindness. The Lord's favor, the Lord's favors those who fear him. Looking back at our scripture, verse 18. Behold, the eyes of the Lord are on those who fear him. We've often said in, that we that are saved, according to Galatians 3, that we've gone over because because we believe in Jesus and Jesus is is uh, is who he said he was we can take for for us um, all the promises of the Old Testament let me read that for you again we did it a couple of weeks ago if you belong to Christ then you are Abraham's descendants heirs according to the promise so we can take this scripture and apply it to what he said a long long time ago to Israel behold the eyes of the Lord is on those who fear him and what did Psalms tell us the Lord's favor favors those who fear him what did scripture say from the very beginning? That the beginning of wisdom is what? The fear of the Lord. Fear of the Lord. It's not a magic bullet, but it is. It's not a, it's not a pill we take, but a, our heart, when our heart, our heart is on the Lord, you know, He's going to give us favor. Scripture says that. I've told you many times before, and it's not only true with me, it's true with many of you, that I stand on the shoulders of some strong men. Both of my grandfathers were, were great guys. My dad was. And I stand on that today because I came to Jesus as a young boy. And the Lord has shown me favor. And you can say the same thing. He's shown us favor. Does that mean that we'll have no problems? No. 
does it mean we won't have any any <clears throat> anything that to go wrong in our lives no some of that's Bill's choices <laughs> some of the things that I've done you know and yet the Lord has shown us favor just like King Asa he went to the Lord and says look I can't do it but you can and he says stand back and watch me Bill's paraphrase and he did and we see it all through scripture we see these kings that didn't follow the Lord didn't follow the Lord and then all of a sudden one popped up and did and 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 God blessed and he'll do that today blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord now just like in times past Asa they followed the king God blessed when they followed the king and he was a bad king God didn't bless blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord we we're, we're in a pickle right now to say the least but God is still God and he's still on the throne. And one reason, you know, Thessalonians tells us that he who restrains, he who restrains, it's you people who walking around with the Holy Spirit within you, keeping the evil out. And we need to do what we can do. We need to have the influence on ours as by... Uh, Pastor Bobby said, our sphere of influence, whatever it is, we need to teach that God is God. And when you fear him, he'll give you favor. That's what we can pray for our children and our grandchildren, that God will give them favor, that he will uphold them. Back to verse 18. Behold, the eye of the Lord is on those who fear him, on those who hope for his loving kindness to deliver their soul from death and to keep them alive in famine. Our soul waits for the Lord. He is our help and our shield for our heart rejoices in him because we trust in his holy name. Let your loving kindness, O Lord, be upon us accordingly as we have hope in you. The only hope we have is in the Lord. The only hope we have for our nation is in the Lord. Um, we, we gather together in this place, you know, to encourage one another, to lift one another up, to pray for one another, to love one another. I look forward to seeing you on Sunday. I really do. And I think about you during the week. That the Lord will bless you. Even in all the problems that life brings us. He's faithful. He's faithful. <clears throat> Jeff sang a, last week a Steve Green song. And he was faithful. He has been faithful to us through the years. 
and he continues to be. Okay, that's all I've got for Psalms 33 today. So we'll, any comments, any additions, any subtractions? Any, anything? Okay. Well, we'll be dismissed to this place and we'll, we'll go from there. Father, Lord, we thank you for loving us and being with us and going 